All right, so we've been in this series called There is One. Uh, I kind of introduced it two weeks ago, and Amber uh, last week really kind of uh, brought us into the beginning of this series uh, and, and brought us together. Um, we are, she talked about we are all called to be one with Jesus, and then through that we're called to unity with each other. Uh, and she uh, eloquently exclaimed, exclaimed that this, uh, explained that this unity is rooted in the love and grace that Jesus gives each one of us. Uh, and, it's in, in, and it's when we put Jesus at the foundational center of our lives, we then, uh, we then enter into that one relationship with him where he's kind of orchestrating and leading us in life, as well as uh, leading us together in unity as his people, as his creation, as his church. Uh, she talked about shedding things in our life, shedding kind of some of the stuff we focus in on life to, um, to focus on Jesus, setting that stuff aside. And even in some ways, giving up things to achieve the unity with each other. She talked about comfort and some of the things that oftentimes we can be uh, led to sacrifice or give away in order for us to kind of come into unity with God and unity with each other. Um, the idea isn't that we connect, and I love this because as a church, all of us in this room have different um, hobbies, habits, giftings. Um, we're, we come from different demographics, different social or economical statuses, all those kinds of things. Like, we all are diverse. And I love that, that as a church, that isn't what brings us together. What brings us together is our unity in Christ. Now, the differences that we have and the different giftings that we have play a part in that, but actually they play like second role to our unity in Christ in that uh, when we are able to set those things like second to our focus on, on Christ, we are called together as uh, one. Um, and one of the biggest things that I connected with, with last week in Amber's uh, message was the humanity of Jesus, the human side. And I love reading my Bible. I love reading the, uh, the Gospels, which is the story of Jesus's life here on earth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. Um, and, and, and just thinking about those experiences that the disciples had with him, that as he rolled into town, the humanity of who he was and what he kind of brought with him as he traveled uh, in his ministry here on earth. But what hit me the most was how Jesus relates to, to me. Um, last week I was gone, and I started watching service from a hotel room on my cell phone. Uh, my dad was downstairs. He was checking us out of a hotel. It was me, my dad, my daughter, and one of her friends. Um, and, and he was checking us out. So I started watching the service uh, on, on my phone. And then we jumped in the truck to start to drive home. And I continued to watch the service uh, from the truck. The two girls in the back were Snapchatting uh, with each other, probably, instead of talking. No, I'm, um, they're downstairs, so Avery won't watch this, so it's all right. Um, but, uh, and then my dad told his truck to play Dick, you know, uh, uh, see, or Spotify, play Dick Clark's greatest hits. 
And so he's rocking out to Dick's, Dick Clark, and uh, I've got one ear pod in over here and one out, so I can still be present in the room, and my cell phone's down here as I'm watching church. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and what struck me in that moment is navigating not being here with all of you, like deeply desiring to be here, uh, feeling a little anxious having left the rest of my family at home, um, and the weight of, uh, of heading into the crazy Easter season just a couple weeks away, and uh, thinking over the multitude of tasks I had tabled to just take off for the weekend with my dad, um, and uh, wrestling with the emotions of my son who's getting his driver's license on Tuesday, and I was just racking my brain around what that might have been, uh, what that was going to lead to, the weight of the heaviness of uh, some social media discussions that have been going on about the church and about the community here in Sudden Valley, uh, calling the questions, calling, you know, calling into question the motives of the church and what we're doing as, uh, as a group, um, and uh, the desire for me to serve the community through like a plastic eater, Easter egg hunt and some barbecuing of some encased meat, uh, hot dogs on the 16th, and all the details of that was rolling around in my head. Uh, Heather's in the middle of a job transition. Um, we have two foster kids that are, are living with us right now. We love them, uh, and, and their mom's working really hard, and they want to be with mom, and it's like navigating that. Um, knowing what the best outcome is in that situation, but having that not be the reality quite yet. Um, deeply caring for and loving everyone who's involved in that process. And I sat there, and I, I, I think a tear rolled down just this eye, because I only could do emotions on the AirPod side of my face, because um, I didn't want everybody to know that I was, like, multitasking. Um, but uh, what struck me as Amber talked about how Jesus relates to each one of us wherever we're at. And you've probably got a list that you're playing in your head of all the things you have going on this last week, heading into the next week. But Amber shared with us that Jesus knows laughter. He knows heartache. He knows pain. He knows suffering. He knows joy. He also knows betrayal. Jesus knows sharing life. He knows sickness. Uh, he knows loneliness even while surrounded by thousands of people he knows rejection and did i say he knows heartache like deep heartache genuine heartache he knows hunger he knows thirst he knows righteousness he knows outrage and anger he knows what it's like to be on the end of ill intentions and he knows injustice and isolation and discrimination more than any of us do and he can relate to each and every one of us, wherever we're at and whatever emotions we have going on and whatever's going on in our life, Jesus knows it. I like to break things with humor. Do you remember Bo Nose? Like Bo Jackson, Bo Nose Baseball. Bo Nose, and he, like, he knew everything. Jesus knows everything, right? I tried to pull up a picture of my old poster that I used to have of Bo Nose, but... And the deal is, is Jesus is eagerly awaiting for us to allow him to enter into that with you. To enter into those emotions and what, you, what you're facing. And he can relate, and he knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going through over there, and he actually knows what you guys are going through over here. And he might actually use the two of you to come together and get through it, not 
through his guiding as how he's walked you through something and he's walked you through something and, 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 and he's using that to, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, waves from that. Am I good? Okay, I'm good. Um, I might not have turned on my mic again. But he knows that and he wants to walk us through it. But the same force that drives us, that pulls us, this, this Jesus relating to us, this Jesus understanding what we're going through, that Jesus leading us through uh, life, that same force of unity that, that pulls us together, the focus on Jesus, is actually the same force that sends us out. That sends us out into our lives and into what God is leading us into. The 12 of them, the disciples uh, in, in, uh, in John uh, chapter 20, I believe, uh, the 12 of the disciples had gathered uh, in Jerusalem, having just abandoned Jesus on the cross and left the area, and they had locked themselves in a room in a house. Doors locked for fear of what was coming. And the Easter, as we celebrate here in a couple weeks, had already happened. Jesus had uh, done the work. He had hung on the cross, uh, died, buried in the tomb. Rock rolled over the tomb. And then he had also uh, defeated the grave. Rock rolled back out. Uh, it was no longer to be found there. Defeated death had showed himself to some of the disciples and, and roughly about 500 others. And so in that room, as the disciples had gathered and started discussing uh, the, what they were being a part of, again, doors locked for fear of the, the Jewish religious leaders finding them and, 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 and coming to get them and maybe even suffer the same fate of Jesus. And the uncertainty of what was going on and all the emotions that they had, that everything that had wrapped up in them, everything that they had given their life to over the last few years as they walked with Jesus— in his ministry on earth. And Jesus appears. He appears in the middle of their current reality. It's John 20, verse 19. It's kind of where the story starts. And, and Jesus appears to them. And in their current reality, and for me it was a car in a, on I-5, earbud in one ear, Easter egg hunt uh, running around in my brain, uh, slanderous feast, anxious thoughts, ideas. For them it was a leader that had died, that had been put to death. Uh, Jewish leaders possibly wanting to do the same for them and tracking them down. For some of us it might be kids struggling in school, bills uh, piling up, social uneasiness, uh, the, the monotony of the day-to-day -day that we just go through every single day and, and everything that 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 entails the uncertainty of what tomorrow might bring. And Jesus shows up in the middle of that, and he says, peace be with you. Disciples lock themselves in the room, everything that's going on, peace be with you. And I can imagine that interaction because, seriously, I mean, the disciples, everything that they had gone on just in the last little bit of time and Jesus shows up and says, peace, brothers. Peace be with you. And if I was a disciple, like, really? Like, really? That's what you, that's, you mean? You're just going to appear in this room with all the chaos that's going on, and you're just going to say, peace be with you? And Jesus says, peace be with you. And then he shows them 
the scars on his hands, the scars on his feet, his body broken. He shows them and, and, and challenges them. Do you know what this means? Jesus says, it means everything that I've told you is true. Everything that I've told you would happen, happened. This is it. This is what I told you about. I like John 2020. I call it 2020. There's a couple 2020. 2020 vision is if you read a scripture, if you read a scripture in your Bible and you're like, man, that relates to my life, read the 20 verses before it and read the 20 verses after it and then figure out if it relates to your life because you have the context of that verse. But more than that, 2020 for John 2020 is seeing life through the scars that Jesus took on for each one of us. And so in this 2020 moment, Jesus is asking the disciples, do you see what I've done? What I've done has come true. I've told you what would happen. And for us, it's the same thing. Based on what we celebrate at Easter, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, do you see what he's done? Do you see what he's done for each one of us? And he says it again a second time, peace be with you. He wants them to know. He wants them to know that uh, the, the, the feel of peace comes in this moment, this moment of question, this moment of doubt, this moment of chaos, this moment of anxiety, this moment of stress. Peace be with you. And here's the deal, church. The work that he did on the cross for each one of us actually wasn't even for our peace. The work that he did on Easter, and what we celebrate as Easter, is life, death, and resurrection. It wasn't just for our peace. I think oftentimes for me, at least in the last little while, I've felt that, like, I need to get back to Jesus' peace for me. And I do. Like, I need him to lead me through my anxious thoughts and ideas and, and what I'm facing. It wasn't even so that he would know that he offers peace and that we can experience that peace. It was ultimately for God's ultimate glory. That what he had told the disciples actually happened and that it was for everyone. Now, I believe Jesus appears in that room and he knows what's going on. But again, I like the humanity of Jesus. And I figure he shows up and he, uh, he looks around and, uh, and he's starting to talk to them about peace and tell them about peace and show them. And then he like steps back and he goes, wait a second. You guys have locked yourself in this room? Like you're hiding out here? That's not why I did what I did. So that you would lock yourself away out of fear. And... And I know that Jesus knew that that's what they were at, and that's why he probably, like, you know, beat me up. And he showed up in the middle of the room, and he, and he began to talk. But I like that he might probably stepped back and was like, I told you this was, this was what was going to happen. I'd prepared you for this to happen. And I think that this story in John gives us an opportunity to, uh, to kind of learn or recognize two things that are going on in this story that— I know for me at least directly related to what I have been dealing with in the last couple weeks. Um, one is that fear, anxiety, uncertainty, stress is de debilitating. It, 
it is controlling, it is all-consuming, it is, it, is, uh, it is controlling, right? And, 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 and ultimately, it caused these disciples to, to, to act in the way that they had. I'm going to be real with you for a second because that's just the way I am. Uh, I had serious heightened anxiety this last Friday. Um, I was actually shopping at Fred Meyer. There was a lot of things that, that, uh, that contribute to this. I had gotten a small shopping cart when I really needed a big one. And so I had my stuff all piled up, and I had no room for anything else. And I was going to come home with not all the stuff that I needed. And that was like the, 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 the smallest. That was, that was like the, what was causing me to like, you know, the straw that break the, breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Um, but uh, I had had this moment, and I almost abandoned my cart and just got in my car and went home. You know, earlier, uh, I had just received some news, um, and, and, and I invite you into praying with me. So, uh, silliness is that we, uh, we lost our nursery downstairs this week. We no longer have a nursery, but we moved it, and we kind of adapted things, and, and so it got, uh, re the room got repurposed, um, and nobody cared to let me know until late Friday night. So, um, but we figured it out, and that, as well as a lot of other things in Easter and all this stuff was going on, like the anxiety of looming things just like kind of toppled me. Uh, and then the fact that I had a small shopping cart um, just totally pushed me over the edge. And, uh, and, uh, and there was just a lot. I mean, I was driving, uh, I was running errands, the errands weren't going well. I missed like every single stoplight. Like that's just annoying. I haven't missed stoplights in so long. I was like yellow, red. Yellow, red, yellow, and I'm like, oh, you know, and when you're in a hurry, that's when everything goes that way. Um, uh, Heather had worked a hospital shift, and she was home, and she was exhausted, and um, I had uh, mixed a couple days of birthday celebrations in at the house, so I was just tired. I was probably hangry because I didn't eat lunch, and just everything kind of contributed to this. And, and, and honestly, the peace that is offered Wow, that's some wind out there. The peace that is offered by Christ through his spirit, through his prompting and his leading, that peace is, is what I needed in that moment. But even recognizing that that peace isn't just necessarily for me, but it's a peace that we all need this side of heaven to get through the things that we are going through here on earth. And you probably have a list of things, and maybe my list triggered some anxiety moments for you, but you probably have a list of things at some moment where you felt anxiety and pressure, uh, and maybe you've processed them way better than I have, like you weren't going to leave your cart in Fred Meyer and walk away like I almost did. Uh, and, and good on you, but I just was like, at that moment. But either way, he says to his disciples twice, peace be with you, and he had to explain himself twice. Uh, and, and and many times uh, we have felt his presence in the midst of struggle, uh, especially over these last through, through few years and uh, last couple years as we've been dealing with all the things that we're dealing with. And Jesus says to us, "Peace be with you." And he tells his disciples, you know, hey, 
and this is before, before his uh, taking on the cross and defeating the grave. He says, you know, where I'm going, he, he leads him, where I'm going, you can't go with me, but I will send my spirit. And in this moment, he shows up kind of confirming that to his disciples. I told you this is what was going to happen. Uh, Jesus wants the disciples, he wants us to know that he will be with us. And that his peace will be, we will have access to it. But it's not only for us. Because the second thing here is, um, is that he didn't just do that for the disciples. Uh, he, he doesn't just control and, and, want, and desire to work through our chaos and everything that we have going on in our lives uh, so that we may feel that peace and our life may be better. That's part of it. But he actually, uh, the second part of this is that, uh, is that, uh, that even though we're comforted, even though that he brings that peace, and even though that he actually brings hope to a world that desperately needs hope, uh, it is not only for us. It is for us to experience and then bring to others. I get to hang out on Tuesday nights quite often with some middle school uh, kids uh, at, uh, at our youth group. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, I was telling somebody this week, the most intimidating uh, human on earth is a middle school girl. Uh, honestly, straight up honestly. They're all downstairs in a group with our, my friend Brittany, and so you can pray for her. Uh, I, I, she's actually the one I told that to. But the most intimidating human on earth is a middle school girl. Um, but I get to hang out with these middle schoolers on Tuesday nights, and uh, we lead a boys group at the end of that night, me and my buddy Levin. Uh, and we, we, we meet with these boys, and let me tell you, uh, I love those boys. I love those boys. I love those boys. I love those boys. I got to tell myself that so that I remember that I love those boys. Um, but uh, my friend of my 11, we lead this group, and these boys, man, these boys, uh, they're bouncing off the walls. They're like, uh, you know, like sitting on top of each other during small group, and they're like, you know, doing anything but. And then one, you know, boy stands up, hey, can I just run down the hallway as fast as I can? I'll be back really quick. And we're like, what? Like, what? And then another kid's like, I'm not playing with my phone. I'm not playing with my phone. You know, it's like another kid's like, uh, uh, did you know that uh, it costs seven pineapples to throw a Thursday on a car upside down squirrel? You know, like, it's like, what? Like, I mean, that's like an actual conversation you have with a middle school boy. It's serious. And so uh, we're getting into this, but it, it's, it's just about, just about every Tuesday night, just about every Tuesday night, there's a shift. And small group's not even a long time, but there's a shift. And the boys get to comprehend what it is that we were talking about, that we're trying to talk to them about. And this last week, it was that Josh had shared with them um, that, uh, that, um, that the fact that God uh, leads us into peace, that, the God, that God blesses us, isn't only for us. And that's one of the biggest things with—well, I'm going to raise my hand, too. It's one of the biggest things with us. But as kids— to think that life doesn't revolve around them. And a middle school boy really actually isn't comprehending much more than the life that is directly surrounding them in that moment, and only like a two-by-two, two, uh, you know, space. But, but if I'm honest with myself, I get there pretty easily too, right? That I, I want things to work out the way I want. I want it all to fit in the shopping cart, and I want it all to—I don't want to—I want all the lights to be green when I—like, it—, it I, th I want everything to line up the way that I want it to line up, right? 
And Josh had shared with these boys that, uh, that Abraham in Genesis, God said that he would use his family to bless the entire world. That a nation would be brought up to him. And through that nation, a world would be blessed. And, 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 and for the middle school boys that night on Tuesday, this last Tuesday, and for me this week, uh, just to think about that idea of that God's blessing, his peace, his, his leading in your life, isn't, f I mean, it is for you, but it isn't for you. It's so that others may be blessed by God's glory shown through your life and the things that he's, you've allowed him to lead you through. He desires restoration. He desires peace. He desires comfort. He desires your story to be restored, to bring glory to him. He desires your story to be the hope that people see in this world. And I love that Jesus doesn't beat around the bush with these disciples. He's always like, here we go. Like, let me tell you again. Let me teach you again. Let me lead you into this. Because he says in John 20, 20 uh, through 22, he says, after this was said, he showed them his hands in his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Man, I tell you what, when I see God working in something, that brings the greatest joy in my life. So the disciples see this of Jesus, and it brings them great joy. And again, Jesus says the second time, peace be with you. He says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. So he says, in the middle of their chaos and everything that they've got going on, peace be with you. But he doesn't even finish the sentence without saying, as God has sent me to bring you peace, I am sending you to bring peace, to bring my peace, to bring my glory to the world. The Father is sending me, I'm sending you. And I'm sure the disciples locked in the room are like, what? I didn't sign up for that. I didn't, I, I actually didn't get the second half of the story. Like, that's why I'm locked here in the room. I'm scared. I'm here, and, and I think this is a safe place. The Great Commission, if you've been around church long at all, Matthew 28, 16 through 20, uh, the, uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee and on the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Uh, when they saw him, they worshiped him, uh, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded in you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that commission, as well as what he says in John 20 of like, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. This is our uh, marching orders. This is our, uh, this is our way of doing it. That as I bless you, as I lead you in peace, as I lead you to an understanding of who I am, I am then sending you with that that you have learned so that my glory may be shown through your life. We just finished Mission March and we had talked about uh, the way that we're doing things globally right now through Italy for Christ and through Belize and, and through some many places that our uh, network of churches come together as, a, as one uh, with way more strength and force than we can even as a small little church that meets in the barn. Um, but we, we, we talked about that. And so, but my question for us is missions isn't 
I mean, missions isn't an option. It's not like we get to choose, like, oh, we're going to be a local church. No, God actually says we're global. We're global. And uh, COVID has brought us even more global. Um, but, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, what about locally? What about locally? That's my question for us. With the chaos of the day-to-day life and, and Jesus' desire to restore our lives, his willingness to enter into these areas and bring peace in our lives and what we're facing, is what he offers us is the here and the now. That he's with us here and now. But it's not solely for us. He desires to be a blessing, to bless us. He desires us to use it to bless for his glory in the world. I actually put it this way this week, is that we don't actually get to choose because he actually says, I am sending you. Right? As the Father has sent me, I have sent you. And like I said at the beginning of services, Easter is a part of this year where others, more so than probably any other spot other than Christmas, I think people more... You know, people are willing to give it a try during Christmas as well. But, but Easter is a part of the season where people, new people are willing to give church, are willing to look at this Jesus thing as an idea of something they may want to, may want to be a part of. And I feel it's where we are at right now in the world and nation that this, the, the, with the division and the craziness that's going on, now more than ever, people need that hope. That is the one thing all of humanity needs is hope and purpose and, and, and meaning. For us, we do it during Easter, and I want to just walk through. Palm, uh, Palm Sunday is next week. This is Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Uh, we get to worship together as part of that. We get to this week, I think on Thursday night, we're going to fold some palm fronds if you want to come to my house and hang out. And we're going to get palms and put them on our shirts when you show up to church. It's a fun thing that Ben Shear started years ago, and we continue to do it every year. But not only that, on Palm Sunday, the 10th, after church, we're going to stuff over 3,000 Easter eggs. Like we. That might be an option. Like, you can maybe opt out of that if you want. But after church, we're going to invite the community to come in, because here's the deal. We're going to serve our community through a, a plastic egg hunt, right? And so we're going to stuff a bunch of Easter eggs after church. And then on the 16th, just six days later, we get to do an Easter egg hunt. Now I know Easter eggs aren't in the Bible and all that kind of stuff, but hey, people show up in droves for this. And it's an opportunity for us to be present and serve our community really well, to serve people really well in our community. In years past, we've had three, four hundred people show up to that event and get to just experience uh, a fun, free event for people to, and we get to brush shoulders with people that are there and relationally connect with them. And then we have probably one of my favorite, favorite services of the year, sunrise service. 8 a.m. on a.m. beach, uh, the sun will just come up, it'll be dead clear, there'll be not a drop of rain, and, uh, <laughs> and the sun will peek out over that mountain just as I say my one profound thought for the week, and the light will shine down, and like the It'll just be amazing. The water won't part. Lake Walkham's pretty deep. But um, not doubting you, though. Um, 
we'll do that. And then we'll have a 10 a.m. service where we'll have amazing kids stuff downstairs and we'll have peeps for all the kids that show up at church and, and, and we'll sh sugar them up and send them home and it'll be great. But we'll worship together, full band, and we'll just experience Easter together. But here's the deal. All that is an opportunity for us Take a portion of our lives and serve our community purposefully. And here's this idea that we've been talking about this morning because I loved last week. I loved tuning in, and Amber at the end of the service did what we've kind of adapted over COVID. There was a time where nobody was in the room and we just had cameras. And, and so I was like, well, I can't dismiss people. So I started sending you. You're sent. You're sent to your kitchen to do your dishes. You're sent to wherever it is that you're going to go next. And then we started doing that here in the room when you guys started showing back up. And we said, from here, you are sent. And Amber ended service last week. It's been a little bit uh, since I've tuned in from when I was gone. But she said, and, and, and you're sent. You're sent in unity with each other and with Christ and, and in Christ and in his grace. And, and, and she sent us all out. And so... With this idea of the peace in, 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 in the one mission, the one direction we are going as a church to serve our community, um, what if, what if we were intentional with that idea? That idea we adapted of being sent from here. I mean, I don't just say it because I opted not to say you're dismissed. Like, I actually mean it. Now, I don't always live that out in my life, but what if we did? What if we took that idea of being sent and extrapolated it out in every area of our life? As we parent our children, we are sent with purpose and meaning and God's peace and presence and grace and mercy into parenting our children. And for you, it's the same thing in our workplaces. In your workspaces and places, you are sent. You are sent to uh, bring God's peace, glory, grace, mercy, presence, his love in your workplaces. In your, in your small shopping cart days at the grocery store, when I could have been so frustrated with the checker because I was already frustrated at life. We're sent. We're sent in those little interactions. We're sent in those little interactions we have with family members who might visit us this Easter. We're sent into the moments of of uh, interacting with uh, strangers or neighbors or, or uh, HOAs, boards, uh, staff. Like, we're sent into those moments with great purpose and meaning to bring God's peace, presence, grace, mercy, love. We are sent as followers of Christ to bring God's glory and for it not to revolve around us not to be looking for everything to line up, for everything to be wrapped in a perfect little bow and like laid out for us to experience. No. Like God leads us into being sent. So what if we approached our lives in that way intentionally? Right? With the purpose and meaning that it's far greater than anything we could conjure up. Anything we could do under our strength because I tell you what I buckle when it comes to my own strength I abandon the shopping cart and want to go home. I want to take my ball and not play anymore Right But in his strength and in his presence and in his purpose and in his meaning 
we can get through those times in our life. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer of God directing us into his presence, not for our own, but also for his will and what he desires to do. Will you pray with me? Yeah. Lord, I thank you so much for your purpose, your meaning. Lord, I thank you that it is your desire to enter into a personal relationship with us. Lord, I thank you that as I wander off, you don't ever leave me there, that it's your desire to, uh, to, to help me grow, Lord, but that I can return back to, as my choice, return back to your presence and, and recognize who you are in my life, Lord. Lord, it is my desire, and, and any of my friends that want to pray, it is our desire, Lord, to to experience your grace and your mercy, Lord, to experience your peace, even a little bit of your understanding, Lord, makes it a little easier. And so I pray for those things, but not only for us, not only for me, God, that I would take those realizations, those uh, times in my life where you have showed up faithfully, and I would use that to display your glory and your presence to those that are around me, Lord. Lord, I pray for this Easter, these next coming weeks, as we interact with family, friends, neighbors. Lord, as we invite strangers to be a part, as, as, as people we don't know come into our presence, Lord, may we love them well. May we show them your presence, Lord, and may you be glorified in all that we do. Lord, be near to us now. In your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to close with two songs in worship, and I just invite you to offer yourself up to him and, and his desires for you.
Amen. I'm going to steal this. So you may think that, like, we work together and, like, I connected with Darla during the week and, you know, in John 20, 20, when Jesus shows him his scars and says, hey, I'm, as the Father sent me in this purpose and meaning, I am sending you. Well, we sang this song, I'm thankful for the scars because without them, we wouldn't know your heart. We'll always tell of who you are. I, I didn't even talk to her about that. I, you didn't know what I was preaching on. And I tell you what, that's just another opportunity of our God showing off. Right? You've heard me say it. Like, God just loves to show off. And so as we sing praises to understand God's hearts by his scars and what he's done for each one of us, that is what he is sending us out with this morning, is an understanding of what he's done for each one of us and what he desires to do with your life, but not only in your life, so that others may experience the glory and presence and grace and mercy and love of him. Amen? Amen, church. You are sent in that truth. Be blessed. See you next week. Woo-woo! <laughs>